Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Make It Pine. Make It Pine. M-I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Pine. Get woke. Folks, I am so excited to do a special that we have decided to do a crossover episode of Mark Thompson's Make It Plain and Woke As Fuck. So Mark and I have decided that as a countdown to the midterm elections, we are going to be gathering monthly and raging together about whether or not Democrats are going to be able to pull out a win and whether or not black people will continue to be blamed by their dysfunction. (laughs) Mark, I am so happy to be back in studio with you. Um, Good to see you. This week, we got a... Taste when you say, a little. When you say crossover, what do yeah. you mean exactly? Crossover of our two shows. Oh, okay. I just want to be sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I just want to make sure. All right. So this week we had um, a sample of what the midterm elections could potentially look like. We did not get election results, as we will no longer ever get the day of an election. We got results um, that in New Jersey, the Democrat was able to screech by, and for the first time in four decades, uh, New Jersey folks decided to reelect a Democrat. But in Virginia, Virginia has been the story of the week, whereas Terry McAuliffe, um, who was trying to go for another stab at being governor, uh, was defeated by newcomer, businessman, and Trump light or as some have said, the Delta variant of Trump, um, Glenn Youngkin was able to snatch the governorship and essentially roll Virginia back into the 1950s. Currently, black voters, once again, by mainstream media and white pundits, are being blamed for Terry McAuliffe's lackluster uh, campaign. What are your thoughts on what happened in Virginia? Well, first of all, it is fun to be with you, Danielle. Looking forward to this um, I think that, first of all, Democrats, we've been fortunate in Virginia the past few election cycles because Virginia usually, like traditional midterms, goes back and forth. Um, and the fact that it stayed blue since Obama's first mm-hmm. election, I mean, that was a blessing. It should not have been taken for granted. I think there were several issues in Virginia. First of all, that being one of those issues being Terry McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. He was not the ideal candidate. Um, he is a political operative. He always has been. He is not a charismatic, uh, hope-inspiring, social justice-changing type politician. He's not going to inspire anybody to the polls. In fact, when he won the first time, it's pretty much what he was seen as. Also, people talk about culture wars, but let's talk about the culture of Virginia. Uh, You can only serve one term as governor. You can't succeed yourself. Right. And so in four years, most Virginia governors are not that memorable. There's only so much you can do for you. So it's not like somebody has come to Virginia, be the, be the governor, 
and is all of a sudden Lyndon Johnson. And, I mean, who can name the greatest Virginia governor? No one. The only one that most people can name historically is L. Douglas Wilder because he was the first African-American one. So to make a decision, for the Democratic Party to make a decision to resurrect a one-term governor, when you really can't point to anything he did, the nature of Virginia is to get a new person every four years. The Democrats should have followed that culture and gotten someone new for this four years. This has never, it has only happened one other time in history where a, a, a previous governor comes back later on to win again. That was some time ago. Nobody remembers what he did. So that was a mistake. And let's be honest about it. Why did that happen? Um, and I think this may not only be foretelling for the midterms, but for t- the presidential election. L- Vice presidents, lieutenant governors are usually groomed or given a runway to be a successor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been Justin Fairfax. Right. Um, now, not to litigate the charges against him, uh, in this era of Me Too, mm-hmm. um, there were charges brought up against him on the eve of Ralph Northam, Northam's uh, presumed, presumptive uh, resignation because mm-hmm. of blackface. And let's just be honest. We can support women, but we also have to state objective facts. Those allegations came up at that moment and at that moment only. Didn't come up a week before or a week later. When Ralph Northam was pressured to resign, those allegations came up. So we just put that out there. That being the case, um, that nullified Ralph Northam's resignation. It nullified Justin Fairfax being able to assume the governorship. And just even with those allegations being there and never really being resolved or litigated, it probably nullified um, Justin Fairfax's hopes of ever being governor. That's just a fact. Right. Um, so were there, was there no one else? I don't believe that. Uh, there were other black women who ran. Uh, and I, I'm not sure about the numbers. I haven't looked at them. I think there were two black women in Justin Fairfax. And what do we do? We split the vote just like we did. And you didn't bring up Boston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the, the progressive... Um, a woman of color who won in Boston is progressive. She's good. But there were four black people on the ballot. All of their votes combined in Boston were greater than her votes, the votes for her. So that's what we do. We split up. Um, and and people should have been more intelligent about that um, in Virginia. But there were even black establishment Virginia politicians like um, LeVar Stoney. I think he's the mayor of Richmond um, who had a an acquaintance with Justin Fairfax's accuser. Uh, and conspicuously, she comes forward. He's out there pushing for Terry McAuliffe. Well, what are you doing? I mean, even as a young black man, why wouldn't you push for someone else that could have won this? And again, this is not a personal attack on Terry. If somebody said, Mark, you should run for governor of Virginia. I shouldn't. That's not personal. That don't mean I'm a bad person or people shouldn't like me. That's just not what is appropriate at this time. I don't live in Virginia. I don't have somebody who is indigenous to Virginia politics should have run for office in, in that state. And that's where it was. Born. So that's the first mistake in terms of blaming black voters. Of course, it's going to happen. But I'm going to be real with y'all. And this is where folk might get a little uncomfortable. But the real culprit in this, as always, is white women. I mean, that's white women are responsible for Trump in 2016. Yep. White women were almost responsible for Roy Moore in Alabama. White yep. women. Um, so I'm, so, and, and our friend Ellie Mistel even tweeted, mm-hmm. you mean, do you mean to say the day after their oral arguments to get rid of Roe, which is supposed, see, this is, this is other thing that's scary. 
Roe could actually save Democrats in the midterms. And Roe goes down, you would think more women of all colors would come out in droves. But what did Virginia women do? Oh, no, 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 we don't care about that. Because we're more worried about... about critical race theory. Well, no, let's be more specific than that. Not just critical race theory, Danielle, but a black woman author right. being taught to our children. Come on, come on. So what, 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 is, what is going on? And, and you know, it's, it's, it's just like 2016. White women elected Trump. And then they, all of them were out with us at the Women's March on the day after inauguration. Is everybody bipolar? How do you do that? How do you vote for him and then show up at the Women's March? That means you know something is wrong. Something in therapy is not. Everybody's in the therapy. Well, something ain't working in therapy. Mark my words. Voted for Youngkin. He's going to do something crazy. He's going to offend those women. They're going to be, oh, we shouldn't have done it. But why'd you do it in the first place? More MIP after this message. Because I have said this over and over again, is that white women get their power from their proximity to white men. And that has, that has been the case since slavery and beyond, yeah. right? Is that so long as there is a white patriarchal figure in their life, that is where they will assume their power from. And, you know, it's funny because Wajahat Ali, mm-hmm. who, I have to, who I have to pull up because yeah. his piece in the Daily Beast, that I read a part of it, I read a part of it yesterday, um, on woke AF, because I said, you know, here's the thing. Everybody consistently, consistently wants to call out black voters, wants to come for us and say, well, we're the reason why you're not going to get, uh, someone elected. Meanwhile, we're the reason we're the ones that are always showing up for you. We're the reason why Biden is president right now. And so what troubles me about white women in general is the fact that, you know, he says in, in, in Waj's piece, he says something like, you know, white women are never going to vote in favor of you. He's like, here's it. He's like, here's the thing. And this is what, and, and this is what he, this is what he wrote that I have to, that I want, I'm trying to pull up. Um, so we will see if I can, but he basically said, If you wouldn't get your economic stability, you get your housing stability, you get all of those things from your proximity to white males, why would you then decide to disrupt that? How does that work for you, right? And so the reality is, is that they do live in this very unbalanced and unstable place because at one time they want to say, oh, well, I am woman, hear me roar. But then when you have an opportunity to step out on your own, they always, always prove where their allegiance lies. Yeah. And I saw when in 2016, I think I was the most shocked that I had ever been because I said, one of your own is on the ballot. Yeah. This woman, this white woman is going to break the glass ceiling that you all in the first wave of feminism, second wave feminism have been talking about for fucking decades. And so here she is. And they turned on her yeah, yeah. In, with, with a quickness for a man that literally had said that he could grab a woman anywhere he wants because he's a star and he can do that. And they said, that's just locker room talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the exit polls, Virginia 2020, 50% white women, 50% Biden, 49% Trump, which is still too close. Mm-hmm. Um, the other night, white women, 57% for Youngkin, 43, 43% for McAuliffe. So it's a combination. It is there, as, as, and Wajahat is correct, their proximity to whiteness, 
plus the the weakness of Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe is a a, a he's an operator, uh, and I'm not even trying to say that in a pejorative sense. He's popular. All of his all the Democratic Party elite and not so elite. Everybody knows Terry. Friend like, oh hey Terry, what's up? You know, but that's not a reason for him to run for governor of Virginia. And this should have been thought out more strategically uh, by the party to the extent that there is any party. And unfortunately, we're in some situations where there is no real party, no real organization, no real thought going on. People make political mistakes. But these types of mistakes are devastating. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was not really thought out well. And and it it goes back to even before if if you look at the undermining of, of or the fall of Northam and Fairfax, um, they still had, what, a couple of years to try to come up with something. And they didn't. No one did. You, you couldn't even find a way. And I know a couple of people in that legislature who are black and minority people of color, somebody should have said, hey, let's get this person together and run for governor. Like, tonight. And this could have been done two years ago. The Northam controversy was, what, almost two years ago? Two years ago. And when it was clear that Northam couldn't run again anyway, and when it was clear that Justin would, would never overcome that scandal, and I'm not adjudicating that. But once that's out there on you, there's not a whole lot you can do with that. So Justin was finished. I know we have friends who, oh, we got to save Justin. I'm like, well, you know, that's not the era in which we live. No. And and I'm, and it may not be fair to him. Uh, the allegations may or may not be true. But the fact that they put that on him. So then you go back, you deal with that as a sidebar. But you recruit, cultivate, incubate Someone else to run. But that's the thing that Democrats don't ever do. They don't do with people of color and they don't do well. And this is the thing that is frustrating me is that Republicans are running a playbook that they've been running for 50 years. Roe v. Wade passed in 1973 and since 1973 and some minutes after, right, Republicans have gathered themselves and said, we are going to overturn Roe v. Wade for 40, damn near 50 years. That has been of top of mind. No other issue has mattered. It has always been about judges for them. It has always been about the courts. Let us roll back Roe v. Wade so that we can reinstitute Christian, white Christian fundamentalism as the core pinnacle of values and morals in this country. And people forget that the pilgrims came here, right, because they were religious zealots, Right. Who decided that they wanted to be able to live the way that they wanted and then not have to deal with the king. Right. And the monarchy. But they came here as religious zealots. That is the foundation. Right. Of how we understand America. And so it's not shocking. And yet Democrats act every time that they are so blown away by what Republicans are doing. And I'm saying, but we saw the writing on the wall decades ago. So where was where is your long game? And this is what I realize about Virginia and I realize about all of these kind of purple states and then these red states is that there's no significant investment that is made by Democrats. The only reason why uh, Roy Moore didn't become senator of Alabama was because of black women and black people, not because of the DSCC and the DNC that decided to invest in Alabama because they saw it as like an opportunity. The fact is, is that Democrats only see low hanging fruit as opportunity and they never want to sow any seeds. More MIP after this message. And, And then the question becomes for us going into the midterms. Are do black women still have the morale or the desire to save America from itself when Mm. 
America mm. does, won't do a doggone thing in return. Not even the littlest thing, you know, um, that we need or that we want as a people. Um, just over a dozen votes away from passage of H.R. 40, the reparations bill. Oh, we scared. Can't do that, Mark. Uh, but, you know, it can't get anything from Bill Back better. Nothing of the agenda is going forward. There's not a thing, single thing we can point to that our community, and we just focus on black women, and black mm-hmm. women specifically mm-hmm. have benefited from. I mean, a couple of small things. Um, you know, the question becomes, what is the point? How many more people can we motivate out to the polls um, with that type of record coming from the Democratic Party and Joe Biden? have a black woman as vice president. Well, what do we have to show? And again, it's not a personal tag against her. No, but it's, it's a real question. It's a real question. And I, and I ask this because Mark, you have been an activist on the front lines, marching for speaking out for social justice, for racial justice for over three decades. And my frustration is that how do we continue to get black people, young people, the BIPOC, you know, people to want to go to the polls when it's been 11 months and we can't point to anything that Biden has done, right? It's been, and and everybody wants to tell me, well, Danielle, it's only been some months, right? But I don't also don't know where our vice president is. Have you seen her? Because (laughs) I, because I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that all of these things are problems. It's as though they want to, to lose kind of like Obama in 2010. Obama came out early on after he was elected and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose the midterms. I already know I'm going to lose the midterms. And we're like, why are you saying that? Why don't you try to fight for it? It was like they just accepted it. And some of the same operators that were in the Biden administration, I mean, the Obama administration are around, and I think they may have already conceded that. Uh, but it's going to be devastating. Um, and And maybe they need to be honest about that, that maybe the party itself needs – a total overhaul and redirection. Um, and I just don't see that as, as forthcoming. I could bounce back from this, but there's going to have to be a list of accomplishments. Some stuff is going to have to get done. Uh, the people are going to have to see some type of track record in this. Um, and there's going to have to be some, you know, some backbone in the party, its candidates and in its rhetoric. And, that is really the message from um, Virginia. There's going to have to be a direct call out of specific issues for candidates. I just don't think that they can run an anti-Trump message in every district. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, deal with the candidate that's there and call that person out specifically like they should have done Youngkin. I, I think those are things that are going to have to going to have to happen to have any shot of holding the House uh, much less the Senate. Um, and then put some p- candidates out there that are really going to inspire people, not the same old... Um, I, I don't really like the term corporate because you know, any given day somebody can be corporate or not, <laughs> but more so people with, with energy, uh, enthusiasm, progressive ideas. It's the progressive ideas and agenda that most voters are motivated by anyway. And and it, to the extent I mentioned culture wars earlier, I didn't want to get in there, but to get into that now, okay, so if there is a culture war coming up, going, going on, let's take a claim and get in it. You know, is is the culture war about white supremacy versus justice? Let's call that what it is. Right. Celebrating the Confederacy, um, 
all the things. Burning books again. Yeah, all of that. I mean, let's call it out and let us offer alternatives as Democrats uh, for the opposite. Let's expand uh, curricula. First of all, critical race theory is is taught at the earliest, at the graduate level. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing. They are weaponizing something in the same way they weaponized Jeremiah Wright and, and Jim Cohn in 2008. You mean to tell me in all these years you haven't been able to figure out an answer to that? You're just going to... Ignore it. You know, succumb to it. Um, we've got to, you know, we've got to draw these, uh, these challenges. And the only way to do that is by having inspiring candidates that inspire and motivate BIPOC voters to the polls and, and give them something to do. But then, but then you also at the same time have to show, have something to show for it. This is what Democrats have done since we fought to get Biden elected and to bring a House and Senate majority. Nothing to show for it. Nothing. And it, you know what, what really is troubling to me is that my mother, right, staunch Democrat, used to sit herself in front of MSNBC every day, all day, mm. has become absolutely disgusted yeah. with mainstream cable news, has become absolutely disgusted with the political climate. She told me the other day, she goes, yeah, I don't watch anything anymore. I just need your 60-second updates. And I'm good yeah. because I don't need to steep myself in this toxicity. And I think to myself, if you are turning, if the Democrats are turning off people like my mother, right? A black woman, business, small business owner, immigrant to this country, you know, middle class, uh, you know, highly educated, second, you know, multiple degrees. If you are turning her off, then how do we have any possibility of turning on folks who were never engaged right. in the first place? place? And the things that you are offering are the things that we've been saying. Yeah. Right? So we have a new head of the DNC, right? You have Jamie Harrison, black man, right? You have all of these black politicos that are in places of power now, and yet, Mark, nothing has seemed to change. Why is that? Are we just putting black faces in high spaces and assuming that that is enough? Well, breaking news, the chair of the DNC has little or no power, influence, or authority. And, and I know, know Jamie, love the brother, he's a good brother. But that's not where the source of change and influence is. It, it, it's, it's sort of an, you know, it's really an honorary position. It's the people who run these local races that are important. And Jamie really can't tell them what to do. Um, I think we have an embedded consultant class throughout the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And these consultants are mostly white. Um, many of them Zuckerberg types. And they think they know everything. And they just don't. And people like us don't know squat, they think. We're not qualified or intelligent enough to offer any type of input or advice in these situations. And I think that's where... The problem is that a Terry McAuliffe campaign, that wasn't just a casual decision that he and some friends made. That was consulted to death. This is what you do. This is how we're going to do it. Right. They, I'm assuming they focus grouped it. Yeah. And they, they and it was stupid. Even the whole idea behind him running, all of that um, uh, was a mistake and, and a real long shot. Um, and so I, I think that all of this has to be rethought, reset. Um, and it starts at the top. I mean, you cannot have a president who is beholden to one 
at the most one and a half, if you include cinema, senators. So, Danielle, most of us went to school, mm-hmm. elementary high school. Who are the presidents we learn about at school? We learn about Lincoln. We learn about Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we learn about Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon because of Watergate, mm-hmm. and now Obama because he was first. So that's pretty much what you get. So if you go through the history of those presidents and you get to Johnson, what's the first thing, or even FDR, here were presidents who got things done uh, in spite of the legislature or with the support of legislature. There's no day, there's no lesson in school. There's no page in the history book that explains a senator controlling a president. Yep. And so that's incomprehensible. So I think what happens with your yep. mom and everybody else. It's a hamster wheel. What I need to look at cable news because cable news can't even explain it. It's incomprehensible and inexplicable for people to say, wait a minute, we voted for him, but why can't he get anything done? Mansion, mansion, mansion. I, there's, the people don't, that doesn't compute for people. I mean, we and you hear, turn it off. We hear that man's name, Mansion, more than I hear Biden's That's right. name. That's and right. frankly, more than I have heard our, you know, vice president, who I said the other day, I want to put on a milk carton because I honestly don't know, I don't know if it's strategy that they are keeping Kamala Harris out of, you know, the limelight or, or, or what is happening there. But the reality is, is that what pisses people off, like my mother, is that she didn't have an opportunity to vote for Joe Manchin. She don't live in West Virginia. That's right, that's right. Right? right? She don't live in Arizona. So she sure as hell didn't vote for Kristen Cinema. Yeah. So when we look at these things and we say, wait a minute, the balance of power is absolutely off in so many ways. I mean, we have workers' strikes happening across industries because we realize that the capitalist structure that we live in is unbalanced, right? right? And so our society, our political landscape is so unbalanced where you have exactly one and a half senators that no one voted for outside of their combined maybe 14, maybe 10 million people that live in those places combined, right, that voted for them. And so if you are a person that believes in the power of your citizenry and the responsibility thereof, and then you recognize that the person that you voted for is beholden to them, then you're going to start second-guessing your vote and why you voted to begin with. Right, right, right. Well, and and again, it's frustrating because nobody can understand it. Nobody can can explain it. So you do what you got to do. Mansions for sale. See, and again, it's the consultant class. Well, you can do this. Do that. We don't hear from Kamala because I'm going to tell you, one thing the consultant class I think really has perfected is the art of nothingness. Don't take, Dan, Vice President uh, Daniel Moody Mills, lay low. Don't take a position on anything because you can't, then you can't be held accountable for anything. You can't be blamed for anything. So just kind of fade into the back. I mean, I really think that's what the mentality is. Don't take a hard line position or step out there on anything. Plus the fact um, in, in terms of, of Manchin, he's for sale. Yeah. So wait a minute. Democratic Party, somebody was saying, uh, uh, Black Women's Views on Twitter was saying, one thing we need a couple of days break from is all these emails and texts to send $5. Because y'all ain't doing nothing with the money, obviously. You know, y'all, <laughs> Democrats, send me $5. Give us a, just give us the weekend off after Virginia. You didn't go back Monday. But they still, the next day, uh, they text and send, send some money, send some money. People sick of that. They burned out from it. But the fact is that Democrats, unlike Democrats of 30 years ago, raising a whole lot of money, got big Hollywood constituencies. If matching is for sale, go buy them. Mm. What is your price, mm. UW? What is the price? Mm. Now, one price might be, and Marcos and I at Daily Coast have talked about this. Um, the Democrats are considering some form of restitution. You could almost call it reparations. 
for families whose children were taken from them and, and dislocated. Right. During yep. And I'm not opposed to that. That should happen. Just like HR 40 should happen. But it's a whole nother situation. That's not even the money yet. But they don't they're scared of that. So do that. But go to Joe Manchin's consumers, everybody in West Virginia who's struggling, who's poor. They would benefit from Build Back Better in West Virginia mm-hmm. even more than we would. Mm-hmm. So okay, well, let's put in the bill. Uh, all these coal miners and coal miners' families who are in an obsolete inter- industry, let's put them on a pension from, from now to the rest of their lives. Pay them. Who would be opposed to that? Take them, take them, cut Joe under his very knees with his own constituency. Let's take care of those people so he doesn't have that as an excuse anymore. They are taken care of because their industry is dead. They're paid for life. What's your excuse now? But... If he's for sale, then go and buy him all this. Well, we got to see what he's going to do. And let's just kind of talk. What is it? And, and Joe Biden is supposed to be as much a master of the Senate and Senate politics as, as LBJ was. So people like your mom, I know, and others don't get it. And so there's a point if you don't get it, you just turn it on, on TV off. Because yeah. it's not telling you anything. If you can't explain to me how this one person, this has never happened before in history. Never. Mm-hmm. One senator. Mm-hmm. And then, then Biden, then who was the consultant? Watch this. Who was the consultant, y'all, that says, now before you go to Rome, go give a speech and say this is the biggest moment of your agenda. And if this doesn't pass, then that will define your presidency. And I need this passed before I leave for Rome. Don't do that before you know if you've really got the votes or not, either on the progressive side, not to mention Manchin, because Manchin never agreed to it. And that's what uh, Jared Paul and everybody else said, wait a minute, has Manchin agreed to this? Corey Bush had a good suggestion. Make them in the Senate pass Build Back Better before we pass infrastructure. That's what I, I, that's what I, I said the same thing, and Representative Corey Bush is so strategic and so smart because I am so tired, too, of Nancy Pelosi saying, well, we've passed hundreds of pieces of legislation in the House. I don't give a damn. Right. Because to me, that is like a substitute teacher coming into a class and saying, here are all the dittos that you need to fill out until your real teacher comes back, because I just need to keep you busy. Yeah. Right. And so this is this is the the problem that we are going to continue to have until we restabilize. Right. Our political landscape and recognize who actually should have the power and who doesn't and figure out how to reorient that. Folks, this is our first ever Make It Plain and Woke as Fuck crossover. We are trying to come up with a name for what it's going to be when Mark and I sit down and talk once a month. So if you have ideas, drop them in the comment section on both of our shows and let us know. Mark, thank you so we, much. We, we gotta go. We gotta go. We're, we're finished. What are we gonna do now? <laughs> Rage against the machine, but <laughs> off the mic. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Make it plain.